Welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fossett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy, here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. This is Gemma, and I'm so excited to be here. We're going to be talking today about, it's kind of about doing the work here, but I don't feel it's work anymore. That's where I'm at. I just embrace it all, love it all. Uh, it it can feel um, efforting at times, and then I remind myself how to come back into it. But anyway, for most, and I've been there for so long, there is this work we do, especially as light workers. So I want to talk to you about that. So the work we do as light workers, what does that look like? Um, it looks like being in a place that pokes us and makes us uncomfortable. So when I say poke, we might call it triggering, even though it's basically just bringing up our own stuff, our own stuff that's unresolved. So what situations are doing this? More often than not, it involves other people. And it's bringing up, like I said, our stuff. <laughs> so it is troublesome. And so we immediately, we project out because our ego's uh, job is to defend this world it made, which does not include God <clears throat> or God's source energy. So it doesn't want you to be in the oneness. If you did the work, if you walk through it, if you forgave the other, forgave yourself, released this situation, you would be in relationship with God's source energy. This is not serving the ego. So uh, we have to recognize ego is a tool. It doesn't get to drive the car. We get to make our own choices. And so when we recognize that ego has, by default, somehow stepped into the driver's seat and is making choices that are not serving us or our highest good, we can take that driver's seat back, which is basically taking back your power, your control of your life. And I'm using control loosely there because it really is about coming back into alignment with God's source energy where we don't have to be in control. We're in relationship. That is not about control. Control is a very limiting thing. So we want to be in relationship with God's source energy, co-creating, uh, expanding, and just moving into our higher, our higher consciousness. <clears throat> so let's go back to the work. What is the work and what does it look like? The work looks like Someone coming into our experience, it could be a coworker, a family member, it could be a stranger on the street, and something that they do or say, or just them being there, it doesn't even have to be a do or say, it causes an irritation in you to come up, and that irritation shows up as anger, or jealousy, or resentment, or suspicion, any of these lower frequencies are coming up to the surface and bubbling up and bringing out not the best you. You know, the suspicious you, the <clears throat> argumentative you, the angry you. Oh, you get it. 
the sad you, making you sad. So what is it about the other? Now, that is the work. And this person, by the way, is not a bad person. They're not bad people. They're not doing anything of, I don't even know how to say it, but they are, they are there in your experience to assist you in your lessons. Now, lessons are something you kind of signed up for before you came and you didn't know exactly how they would show up or when they would exactly show up, but they're showing up and they're showing up by consent. All right. You went, you came to the classroom. The classroom is this life and you have these lessons. Now, when you're ready to be done with lessons, you will be done with lessons. Just like when you're ready to get on with life, you stop going to school. It's very similar here. So this work and these lessons that you're having are instrumental for waking up and for coming into your consciousness and for recognizing how this place works. And as long as you have a knee-jerk reaction, a gut reaction to your world around you, you are in lessons. So until you learn that all of the knee-jerk, all of the projection is truly you, is truly about you, and it requires you to release that inertness, that inner something. So it's up to you to do the releasing. You have to recognize, and we've done many, many episodes on this releasing, on going deep, finding the belief, finding the thought that started uh, the negative chain of events. So it's it's about going deep and releasing that. Um, one of the great tools I found that is a self-done tool, and it's fantastically done, is the student's workbook in A Course in Miracles. <clears throat> that is phenomenal because it walks you through one day at a time, one minute at a time. Like it's all you have to give is one minute here, one minute there. And it walks you through how to reclaim your mind because you've given your mind away to the beliefs and thoughts these programs that are running by themselves now and when they run by default the ego steps into the driver's seat now you have to claim that seat back in order to claim the seat back you have to stop running the programs because you see that creates a circle the programs run by default the ego steps into the driver's seat and now it's it's telling you anything it can to keep you from looking within from looking at the source of those thoughts and beliefs which is you you've tucked those in you survived your childhood by taking on those beliefs and thoughts and then you integrated them so finely that you don't even know they're your own beliefs and thoughts anymore or you don't even know that they're a choice and that you can unchoose them but if you go through ego to look at these beliefs and thoughts the ego will tell you that but you're right to have this thought. You're right. And I'm going to tell you, that's where the saying, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Because being right is going to keep you in that 3D experience and there is no happiness there. Happiness lies over in 5D. So when you're ready to make that leap, you have to say to heck with it. I'm done with being right. 
Right has not made me happy my whole life and right will never make me happy and I'm done with being right and I don't care. Uh, I don't care if I'm doing what I think society thinks I should do. I got to tell you, being happy is worth enjoying things. It's worth feeling things. It's worth experiencing. It's worth, it's just worth it. It's, it's worth it not to judge to experience happiness and bliss. That judgment just knocks us right out of the running. It puts, I can be in 5D having happiness and then have a judgmental thought and it'll throw me right back into my 3D experience. We have to learn how to arrest the beliefs and thoughts. All right, and that is the work. Arresting the beliefs and thoughts, walking through situations without judgment and without expectation. That is the work. And when you learn to do it, and it's a practice, I'm going to tell you, it is a practice. You're going to hit it again and again and again and again. It's going to feel like, oh my God, oh my God. Isn't there a moment in my day when I don't judge? Isn't there a moment in my day when I don't have expectations of what the future should be? Let it go. This is why we have affirmations, by the way. Because an affirmation is a tool to release the active belief or thought that has engaged and is on autopilot now. So say you have an expectation about the future. Um, You're living in the future right now. You're having thoughts about the future. And that can give you a certain high, actually, because it could be fun. It's untapped. You can't judge yourself yet because you haven't been there, supposedly, right? So it could seem like a safe place to go, but it's an escape from present moment and you cannot be happy having expectations about the future. So let's say I'm having an expectation about the future. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting this better job. I can't wait to have this better job. Hmm. Expectations. So it's a projection into the future. Expectations. You know, not, okay, so that might not have been totally dead on there. <laughs> not in a practice of having these kind of expectations. So an expectation might be, I expect my daughter to keep her room clean. That's better. I expect my daughter to keep her room clean. I expect that I'll get a pay raise at the end of the year. I don't know if you remember uh, Chevy Chase National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when he expected to get that thing, and then it was like, ah, you know, anxiety, stress, and pandemonium. But I expect my daughter to keep her room clean. Now, I look at her room, it's not clean. Immediately, I'm upset because I had an expectation and it's not happening. So then I let her know what I expect, right? And then I come back the next day. It's the same thing. That is a recipe for disaster. So now if I was dealing with that and I had this thought and I've been practicing this thought for a while and it's not working. I'm miserable with it. It's not working. And I, I'm hearing this podcast. I'm going, okay, so what can I do differently? Back to the affirmations, write an affirmation. Now, if it's dealing with another human being, I would say Phoenix is perfect just as she is. Phoenix room, Phoenix behaviors is perfect just as they are. That's going to bring up a whole new possibility for me to contemplate. Maybe it is, uh, you know, I was telling a friend yesterday that what if Phoenix is God experiencing 
a cluttered room? What if it's God uh, reveling in the chaos of a cluttered room? What if it's God experiencing chaos? What if it's um, God experiencing clutter? Or, you know, like whatever elements are proposed by the room like that. What if it's God experiencing a frustrated mother? <laughs> it's it's all of it, right? Because God doesn't judge between bad or good. God came to experience. All experiences have equal value. They all have equal value. So why would I deny God the experience of clutter? Why would I do that? Clutter is part of this experience. Dirt, filth, grime, smells, um, beauty, uh, like gardens. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to list just as many good ones as bad ones, but I want to make them parallel. Um, you know, a job, a job with coworkers you like, a job with coworkers you don't like. These are all experiences. They have equal weight. Oh, God also wants to experience what a clean room is like. And God wants to experience what a a, a freshly made bed is like and what an unmade bed feels like to get in. And God isn't judging these. God is just experiencing, right? There's this fantastic book I highly recommend. It's called God Got a Dog. It's a book of poetry. Uh, you can find it fairly inexpensive on thrift books, maybe even used on Amazon. It is a phenomenal book. I just can't recommend it enough. So check that out. But um, yeah, it's just <laughs> God came to experience. But it's us when we allow ego indiscriminately to take that driver's seat. We suddenly want everything to be perfect and we shut God out. God didn't come to control things God came to experience. So this is a world of co-creative celebration with all that is in God's source energy. And that's what we came to do. Now, we have these opportunities now to write the affirmations so that we can get past our own limiting thoughts, our own limiting behaviors. And that's what these thoughts are. Expectations. My, my Phoenix will have a clean room is an expectation that is not, it's limiting. It's limiting. It, it limits so much. So um, we have to let go of the limiting. So how do I change that? What is the affirmation? I gave you a couple, but what if I have to go deep too and recognize what is my belief about having a clean room? It means you're a good person. What if my belief about having a clean room is I respect my parents? So then I have to look at that too, because I can take my daughter out of the equation, but that gives me the space to get to the deeper thought, the deeper reason I put behind this, the deeper why, and it's those whys that'll get us. So why should Bella have a clean room? You know, it's Bella Phoenix, Phoenix is Bella. Why should Phoenix have a clean room? Because it shows me respect. Because somewhere deep in my, my, my psyche, that's my meaning maybe. All right, so then I want to come and get an affirmation for that in my pocketbook. And you might want to write your affirmations down so they're everywhere, right? So that you don't have to, you don't have to like wonder what to do in a crisis when you're stressing out 
over thoughts in your head. You want to have these things accessible. So you don't want to have it buried in a notebook. You want to have it plastered somewhere on the fridge. You want to have it by your bed. So I grab my affirmations and here's the affirmation for respect, you know, and it's that uh, a clean room, a dirty room, neither represent respect. Um, so even though, here's a good one, even though Phoenix's bedroom is cluttered, she still loves and honors me. Even though Phoenix has a filthy room, she loves and respects me. Whatever, whatever. She respects and loves me. She loves me unconditionally. Even though Phoenix Isabella, I'm going to turn it around again. Even though Phoenix Isabella has a cluttered room, I love and respect her. Even though I have a cluttered room, I love and respect myself. A lot of times there's projection and you know, you hear these kids say, well, they say to do this, but they don't do it. So look at yourself too. Turn it around and around and around. Even though I have a cluttered room, I love and respect my parents. Give it as many, fill it out, you know, and, and just uh, own that you can do this many directions. Now, if it's something that's been ongoing, I would say fill it out as much as you possibly can. Come from as many angles as you possibly can. And if you're having trouble, find a coach or someone or call me that can help you fill it out. Another place to do more research on that is Byron Katie's Loving What Is and Doing the Work with Byron Katie. So I can recommend that highly too. It's amazing and beautiful. But you really want to have these affirmations so that when I start to think, oh my God, you know, I can't believe her room's so messy. I can't believe she's not listening. I can't believe she she just trashed her room again or put all this stuff on the floor. I can go to those affirmations and go, okay, let me do my affirmations. Let me just sit. And I say, do it for a minute, two minutes, right? Just sit with those affirmations and repeat them like a mantra. I love and accept a messy room. I love and honor and accept my daughter just as she is. I love and accept Bella's actions just as they are. A cluttered room is perfect just as it is. I'm going to do all my affirmations and just repeat them. And if you have to read them, you don't close your eyes, read them and just breathe while you do it. Breathing is really important because you want to send that affirmation into every cell of your body. And when we breathe, we are honoring the cells of our body by bringing in that oxygen. I love and accept myself just as I am. My cluttered room is perfect just as it is. Even though I have a cluttered room, I love and respect myself. And we just do the affirmations, let them all flow. So wonderful. Well, this was a long podcast, so there must have been a reason. Must have been. I must have had a lot to share. I love that. So have a wonderful day. Enjoy the process. Bye now. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafossett.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.